0: This is Levi Bates. This is Rich Bokini. This is Stu Young. Teddy
1: Stigma, the world's worst role model. E-F-F-Y-F-E. This is Holiday. This is El Serpentigo. The princess of pro wrestling, SoCal Val. And we are... The Ugly Ducklings! And you are listening to... The only wrestling podcast that calls it... Right down the middle, the whole... and Show.
0: And now... The wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Ref and Show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, hashtag dear listeners, welcome back to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Ref and Show. You may have forgotten that, folks. But we have not forgotten you. It's possible you forgot who I am. My name is Perry Smith.
1: And my name is Darren Beasley. And I will remember you. Will you remember me?
0: (laughs) I know that's a song, but I feel like there's 90 songs about, like, remembrance and,
1: uh, right? Yeah, but that's the really, really sad, like, uh, Sarah McLachlan one. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's the
0: one. Because I was thinking of other songs that sound like that, but don't that aren't that. Because I thought of like, uh, I'll like I'll be there for you, which is not I'll remember you. And I thought of something else, but I've already forgotten what I was thinking of. But yes, the Sarah McLachlan
1: one. Yeah. Well, I mean, and of course, judges would have also accepted Leonard Skinner. If I leave here tomorrow. Ah, yes. We should have said several weeks ago, and then followed up with, would you still remember me? <laughs>
0: would you still download our latest episode? Uh, so yeah, it's been a little while, folks. We do apologize for the, uh, the uh, uh, unplanned hiatus. Uh, things got a little busy in uh, personal lives. Also, uh, illness. We were planning to come back last week. Darren's, <laughs> Darren lost his voice. Uh, what you need, I lost my voice. But you need that. I can't believe that I... You need that to podcast, Darren. I'm glad you found it.
1: I, I'm very glad that I found it. Uh, it you absolutely have to have it to podcast. It would be very strange. Like, <laughs> I guess we could have done it. It would have just been you talking... And respond if you could read lips responding to what it appeared you to, to you on Skype. But then, of course, you can't see my lips. Sure. Because of my mustache. It would have just been bad. And I think that's probably why we decided just not to do it. Right. Well, I thought maybe you would have had like a bell and you
0: would have like shaken it if you like something and then and not shake it, I guess, if you know how that works. Like, like, like you don't- shake it twice if you like it. Or like shake twice for yes and once for no or something like that. Shake thirty-seven times for really like uh, yeah.
1: Like (laughs) horses, don't they teach horses to do that with their? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. They 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 hoof the ground. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, And then horses will take over like Skynet. (laughs) What is (laughs) it? It's like those videos of, like, the, the people that make the robots, which are fake, by the way. The ones that are, like, super balance robots that, like, uh, oh. jump on boxes and they get kicked over and they get back up again. Like, that. That's, that's all fake. That's all CGI, in case anyone's wondering. It's not real.
1: No, it is very real and very, very scary. The ones you can't kick over are the ones that are truly scary. The ones that look like headless sheep. Yes. And, like, you kick them and, like all four legs move at once and they like scurry to the side like they 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 absorb the blow and like maneuver out of it to and not fall oh my god yeah that is what's real cuz they used to yeah year like 10 years ago you'd watch it and there'd be an amazing robot but then somebody would just walk up and like like savat kick it in the throat and it would just fall over and be dead forever and <laughs> now Savant kick. Is very much no, no but you but you
0: can't you can't kick it you can't knock it over so no matter what kind of kick you throw at it it's it's not gonna those things those things will ride horses into battle against the humans um because like it's terrifying well like I said the horses are like Skynet now um i I just love that there there's all these skynet jokes but we still insist on making AI anyway um just like oh that can't happen. Uh, <laughs> and
1: now it's like we're gonna make it happen just to prove everyone wrong. Yeah, you know what's really scary to me is like, have you watched any of those videos about like, um, where you, if you type uh, like some some nonsense words into Google Translate? And it gives you really creepy messages back. That's horrible. Why would you do that? Well,
0: I, 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 well, I know why you would do it because you, you're the one that likes watching like ten really disturbing things on YouTube, and then you you get all terrified all night. Well, the
1: thing is, like, I think it, I think it's Swahili, maybe, S- or like something Swahili, I think. Uh, maybe not Swahili. There, there's a language. <laughs> no, no, you no, no. It, it is Swahili. You, you Google translate like Swahili to English, and then in Swahili, you write something in English. Like, and, and by, by the way, whoever the hell figured this out, I don't know. But like you, you type in like, um, should I kill myself? And then like if you take it and then you just turn it all, you type the whole thing out. But then you space it so that it's just two letters, space, two letters, space. So it's that phrase, but only in two-letter couples. It, it, it auto-translates to, like, see you in hell. What? Or, like, yeah, like, yeah, if you, you like, ask it these weird questions or you, tr- you type in and translate these weird questions, but instead of a translation, it gives you a response. That's bizarre. And, like, there's all these theories, of course, which, like, is there somebody at Google that's just fucking with you? Like, you know, or why is the AI doing this? Like, you know, the whole weird thing about, you know, AI, you introduce it to an infinite amount of available knowledge but it doesn't know how to process it in the way that humans do. Well, computers could figure that out. And we'll, we'll talk about wrestling
0: eventually, folks. Computers <laughs> computers could figure that out. If, if computers just basically uh, downloaded a million text conversations and just saw the typical answers to, like, questions, they would have a response for basically
1: any question, right? Well, yeah. Like, uh, okay, like, what is it? I think it's called... Um... I saw this on Joe Rogan. I it's it's called like Laplace's demon. Have you heard about this? I think so. I've
0: actually been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan lately, so and by that okay. I mean watching it on YouTube.
1: Yeah, Laplace's demon is uh the, a theory that uh, and of course Laplace is like been very seriously dead for like a couple hundred years. But seriously Joe Rogan dead. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so Joe Rogan is talking to this like Joe Rogan's talking to like this quantum physics dude, and he's asking him about uh, this theory, and uh, the guy corrects him and says it's called Laplace's demon, and the idea is: had Laplace known that computers would exist, to, to bring it into the the parlance of our times, um, it's the matter of if you were to present to a very, very, very powerful computer, the knowledge that is found in every element of the past, then it would be capable of predicting the future with 100% accuracy because it could calculate it. But it would have to have 100% exact knowledge of all things that ever occurred before
0: i i would that's very interesting uh but you could easily throw a monkey wrench into that as if if you knew that this existed then you would do something unheard of you would do something unexpected and basically be like i didn't know he was gonna throw pickles at that guy (laughs) that's never been done before you know what i mean like if if you if if you know that something knows everything because it knows everything that's already happened. You would just have to figure out something that hasn't happened. So it wouldn't know how to prepare for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, well okay. Yeah. And the guy kind of, the, the, the dude had a response for that. Actually, he was saying that like, cause apparently this guy is a proponent of the many worlds or multiple worlds theory. It's like a multiverse idea. Sure. And he's saying that individuals exist on a certain wavelength that, Human beings operate similarly to electrons in that we exist within a more static uh, realm. Sure. But we we are the dynamic thing in that realm. And so much like electrons, we cannot be predicted. We cannot be pinned down. We can only be estimated uh, as to our location, meaning we can only be estimated... uh, about our actions. And so Laplace's demon theoretically could predict the future but not the but not your actions. Sure. It's fucking weird. It's real <laughs> weird. Uh, well, you know, just because we haven't been on the air and we've been terribly busy and we've been ill and not watching a great amount of wrestling does not mean that we have shut ourselves off from the world clearly.
0: Clearly, clearly, and speaking of history repeating itself, WWE uh, up to its old tricks uh, and actually pulling out an old trick from the old, the old, the old playbook, if you will. Uh, WWE recently brought back King of the Ring, uh, which is something I've always enjoyed. Uh, not so much in the last few years because I wasn't a huge. Well, I mean, I wasn't
1: a huge <laughs> like fan you, of the of the people. I like how you immediately switched gears on that one.
0: Well, just uh, you know. I guess the early to mid two thousands when King of the Ring existed, they kind of they really took chances on certain people, and to me, it was always the wrong choice. T- I mean, typically the people who win King of the Ring are never the people that I want to win King of the Ring. Um, uh, Billy Gunn's, if you will, uh, but uh, they brought back King of the Ring. King of the Ring is a great way to showcase talent, though, without having to give someone a title belt. So that's what I've always enjoyed about King of the Ring. But I'm I am rarely I'm rarely happy about the outcome of it. Like uh, I think it was the '98, yeah, '98 King of the Ring. The finals were The Rock versus Ken Shamrock, and this is before The Rock was really, really over. But Ken Shamrock goes over on The Rock, and I of course hated that because I was a huge fan of The Rock before any of you fuckers were. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I will always.
1: I can, I, I, I can, I can, uh, I can uh, attest to that.
0: Yeah, I was, I was with on the no, Rock train. No
1: one like. The-
0: yeah, I was on the Rock Express, not the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, <laughs> I was alone on that train uh, for a while. Then everyone liked the Rock, so I was like, "Well,
1: I hate the Rock now because everyone else likes him." Um, well, I was on the uh, I was on the Orient Express. Oh, well, there's that with Pat, with Pat Tanaka. Okay. Well,
0: and as long as we can agree that no one was ever on the Midnight Express. Uh, take that Jim Cornette. Anyway, King of the Ring came back and had a lot of, uh, really good wrestlers <laughs> involved. Uh, but it came down to two wrestlers. That would be Chad Gable. Uh, Chad Gable replete with haircut. Um, hey, you look really, uh, unique with that long hair. Let's cut it. And now you look, and, and take away the singlet. And now you look like everyone else, Chad Gable. That's what we did with you. Uh, and Baron Corbin. Those were the finals, and Baron Corbin actually got the win. As soon as I saw him in the brackets, I was like, "Oh, Baron Corbin's going to win this." Had that been a head to head, head to head, I would have won that. But uh, King of the Ring typically uh, used to be a pay per view into itself. You would have the uh, you would have the qualifying rounds on Raw and SmackDown, and then you would have the last two, the 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 finals, the semifinals on. Uh, on the, the pay-per-view for King of the Ring. But this time, they were just like, well, do King of the Ring, but not make it an actual PPV uh, or network exclusive, as Darren likes to remind us. Um, so it was kind of like, uh, oh, that's a cool thing that's going on, but they're not really giving it too much due. So it's just kind of matches for the sake of matches. So anyway, Baron Corbin won it. A lot of people are happy about that. Again, I'm not a huge fan of Baron Corbin. I appreciate Baron Corbin. I like him more than I used to, but I still don't like him. <laughs> Darren?
1: I know you don't. I know you don't. I really do like him. I, uh, I At some point, I'm going to have to, as they say, shit or get off the pot um, because I've always, you know, thrown that caveat in there, which is I like the idea of him, you know, so eventually I'm going to have to realize that he hasn't or won't reach his potential or just accept that I like him as is. But right now, I'm gonna hold on to the fact that I don't love him as is, but I just think he could be really excellent, uh, and I'm still uh, I'm holding out for a hero. As far as Chad Gable <laughs> goes, though, man, when they they chopped off his locks and took his half of his clothes away, I didn't even recognize him. I, I honestly did not recognize him when the fr- I saw the first still photo of him like uh, one of the king of the ring uh, mock-ups or whatever on Instagram or Twitter or something i was like who is this billy young nuts oh it's chad gable is it
0: uh yeah maybe uh, you sure it wasn't uh, you sure it wasn't william youth testicles <laughs> billy young nuts uh oh, sorry. You, yeah yeah that, that's that's what wwe <laughs> that's what that is uh that is inappropriate. That that is that is inappropriate. Uh, yeah, that's what WWE tends to do, though. They uh, hey, you're very unique. Let's make you look like everyone else. All right, much better? Question mark. Uh, so King of the Ring has <laughs> has come and gone. Uh, obviously we weren't around to talk about it as it was happening because it it did just wrap up. So, but I did want to mention that because I was happy to see it back. And, of course, unhappy with the results, which is typical of a King of the Ring. Uh, so they did it right, then, because they <laughs> they made someone I didn't care for win it. Um, but they
1: brought it back. You know, you went back to the early 2000s, but I'm going to go all the way back. Like, I don't know that I've ever liked a King of the Ring, other than, like, Steve Austin. Steve Austin. And Bret Hart. Maybe King Booker. Sure. You know, just That was so weird, it was good. Owen Hart uh, was a good king. Oh, yeah, King of Hearts, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, well, he was the,
0: yeah. Uh, I do remember the night, the Raw after Shamrock won uh, King of the Ring, they had a triple threat match, which was the King of the Ring kings. It was Triple H versus Owen Hart versus Ken Shamrock, and that's notoriously the match where... uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley falls down and the camera's zoomed in on him and he shouts, Sharpshooter! And Owen Hart, it cuts to Owen Hart putting Ken Shamrock into a sharpshooter uh, because Triple H is calling the match very loudly, uh, as he's known to do. So that that was a joke for a long time with uh, me, you, and uh, some of our friends. So
1: uh, so yeah, King of the Ring. Uh, that's, a great, that's a great joke. That's a forever joke. It,
0: it is a forever joke. Uh, but Evergreen. Uh, Evergreen. <laughs> the joke is evergreen. Uh, that joke will go to the east, to the undying lands. But anywho, um, so it's, it's kind of cool, though, when WWE kind of brings back old ideas um, and just, you know, <laughs> doesn't necessarily... They don't necessarily uh, execute them perfectly, but uh, it's nice that they remember the good times. You, you mean, like, Kane? Yeah! <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. Uh, speaking of which, uh, when it comes to WWE, we did miss... It's like we, we, we took... Probably the worst possible month off. The only like it would have been worse had we taken off like WrestleMania month, but we we missed a lot in this month. We missed SummerSlam. Uh, we just missed Clash the Champions or Clash of Champions rather, um, as they call it. Um, but uh, we are back in time to mention that uh, SmackDown Live is going to be debuting on Fox uh, October 4th. And we have a main event for that, which will be Kofi Kingston, who is still WWE champion, by the way. This title run has lasted a lot longer than I thought it would. Darren likes that a lot. Uh, Brock, it's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. Brock Lesnar will be challenging Kofi for that title. Something he should have done when he was money in the bank uh, holder. That would have been fun and exciting. Instead, he just lost to Seth Rollins, and I still don't. I'm not. I'm not even people. I'm not really on board with Kofi Kingston being champion because it's not fun for me. It's not entertaining. I don't care. I I don't. uh, I don't understand what Kofi Kingston thinks WWE owes him. Before he was champion, he he talked about like how basically he was owed the, the championship belt, and it's like Kofi, they fed you. Well, for over a decade, you were every other title holder. There's plenty of wrestlers who were never the champion. I just don't understand. That's one thing I didn't like about Kofi becoming champion was he acted like he he did like. And I won't say he's not deserving of being champion, but he was certainly wasn't owed champion. Kofi Kingston's phenomenal wrestler. I've always I've always appreciated it. I've always liked it. And now the new days kind of weird because Kofi's still in it, but he's kind of the separate entity now. It, it it really did it did bring a lot of things into question for me
1: yeah it didn't bring anything into question for me it just solidified (laughs) the fact that yeah
0: no it's what you just yeah
1: yeah i just don't like kofi kingston wow well what i was getting at was
0: i'm not really a huge i'm not on board with kofi being champion nor am i or have i ever been on board with seth rollins being champion like just boring like who cares? Well, and we have fans right now who are yelling at their speakers going, I care. He's my favorite. They're both simultaneously my favorite. They're my Rushmore, well,
1: Max. They're my Rushmore. And and to, to those of you hashtag dear listeners, we still love you. We still love you. Your two dads love you. But you're wrong <laughs> and you're part of the problem. Wow. Wow. Okay, I guess and, that means we're
0: the solution we're the solution.
1: And you you are why we are getting divorced. Oh. <laughs> it's your fault. It do it doesn't uh, mean twice as many presents at Christmas by the way.
0: It, it means no presents at Christmas cuz we're both <laughs> we're, we're, we're both pretty broke. Uh so WWE is moving forward uh some changes but typically it's it's business as usual. Um the Fox thing is interesting. I
1: will say though yeah, the Fox thing is going to be big. The Fox thing, I think, uh, is going to be big. Now, after two or three weeks, it may completely like fizzle out. But for a couple of weeks, that is that's big um, because Fox itself is it's just going to be a huge. That's just going to be a huge arrival. That's a, it's a splash, if nothing else. And uh, as far as WWE goes, we talked about this when we very first heard the announcement that they were going to Fox and that was, we might truly see a, a a brand split here, a separation. Um, and that's what I'm counting. Like, that's what I want more than anything. I just want it to be a different product. It doesn't have to be better. I hope to God it's not worse, but as long as it's different, uh, that would just be so refreshing.
0: Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying. I don't know how different you can make it. Uh, I guess the fact that it's debuting and it might have more eyes on it, which I don't see that as possible um, because, I mean, casual wrestling fans are already going to tune in. They watch it anyway, you know, where it is now. Um, it, it, I don't know if it's going to get new watchers because that's, I don't think maybe if people are typically watching Fox late at night and leave their TV on, and then all of a sudden SmackDown Live comes on after Jeopardy or whatever the fuck comes on late night on, on Fox. Um, probably not Jeopardy. Um, it's not Jeopardy. Oh, it's not Jeopardy? Okay. Maybe a repeat of The Simpsons and then uh, SmackDown Live is here. Blah, 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 blah. They were like wrestling. Um, well, if it's that person, maybe they won't will watch it. But anyway.
1: You know, do you know there's an FXX now?
0: There's been an FXX for a long time, and speaking of Simpsons, uh, the cool thing about FXX was when FXX debuted, they had a Simpsons marathon, and they played every episode of Simpsons. The funny thing about that was that was great until they got past the first ten seasons, and because because like it seemed like all my friends were constantly watching it, the marathon and quoting it. And then, like, once you get past the good seasons, no one talked about it. No one quoted it anymore. People stopped watching it because it was like, man, it is not the first ten seasons anymore.
1: Wow, man. So I, I was aware I feel of that. like I feel like Teddy Stigma and or Rich Bokini are on the podcast right now. Oh, man. No, Bokini, he's
0: a ride-or-die Simpsons fan. Uh, Stigma knows... That the older episodes are the better episodes, but uh, Bokini Man, like I said, he's ride or die, he's wrong, he's part of the problem, and he's the reason why uh, the daddies are getting uh, divorced. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so. Speaking of uh, wrestling on television, uh, SmackDown Live might be moving to Fox, but NXT moved to USA. In fact, they had their very first episode, Two Hours of NXT. You and I have talked about that for a long time. What if NXT were two hours long instead of just one? Would it still be special? Because it had that ECW thing where it was an hour-long show. And then you get, like, a pay-per-view every month. So, like, you get, you get a little bit of it. You don't get too much of it. So, you actually, you
1: want more. Oh, for sure. Um, but I'm okay with two hours of NXT. And I'll tell you why. Because that roster has gotten so bloated because of the homegrown, ta- quote-unquote, talent um, that has been floating around in Orlando for years at this point. Oh sure. You've got you then you've got uh you know indie talent who floods in like uh you know your your Matt Riddles and your Adam Coles and uh Bay-based. you know fish and O'Reilly and, and all that stuff and then of course before them you had you know Shinsuke and Balor and 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 Kevin Owens. Uh and even now even now the indie talent like um, Trevor Lee, who's now Cameron Grimes, and Punishment Martinez, who's now whatever he is. And then you also have, like, you and I frequently talk about, the, like, 45 ex-NFL players. With um, <laughs> what, 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 what their new weekly gimmick. Um, yeah. And then, like, okay. And then it's like... You know, occasionally they'll make reference to Babatunde, and it's like, what does he do every day? Because like, does he have like another job? Because <laughs> you know, and then and then like, you know, oh, here's Dan Matha for the tenth iteration. Here's uh, what's the dude who uh, Riddick Moss? Yeah, yeah. You know, here, here's the fourteenth repackaging of Riddick Moss. And the 21st repackaging of Aaliyah. Yes, yes, he said 21st. And I was like, oh, he's got to be talking about Aaliyah. Yes, he is. And now you've got people like uh, Brizongo back in NXT. They're talking about sending even more people back to NXT. Leo Rush
0: Leo, uh, Leo. Rush was on the uh, NXT episode uh, on that's USA. Right. So, the, yeah, At, I mean, getting called back beautiful. to NXT. Well, getting called back to NXT is not a bad thing all of a sudden.
1: And now getting called up to, like, 205 Live is a bad thing. Well, but now 205 Live is getting shuttled into NXT. Yeah. And there's the bleed over from NXT UK. All right. Now, had the show remained one hour, I would really be upset about the last 45 seconds of what I just described. With a two-hour show, all of a sudden, I think that can be kind of badass. Sure. If they'll actually do it, not take a 50-man roster and still only highlight 10 or 12. Sure, man. NXT
0: mainstays, some older talent coming back to NXT, a giant roster of cruiserweights, some international talent checking in. Man, AEW, you just got out nitroed. Exactly.
1: Yes, exactly. And uh and that ain't good because AEW is man, they are hanging their hat on the fact that they are the second coming of Jesus Nitro. <laughs> and I just don't I mean, it 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 ain't it ain't that. And uh and uh, well, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but we're still talking about NXT here. I'm excited that they have television time. I'm excited that uh for all intents and purposes this makes them the third brand uh love it or hate it, um take it or leave it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to love it. I love the golden black brand, the yellow brand if you will. And I'm I mean I'm 110% on board with it being on uh on television and with it being 2 hours. I just hope they really make the most of the two hours, unlike they do with the three hours they have on Monday nights.
0: Sure, absolutely. Um, NXT is uh, the best wrestling on television. Uh, we're talking about WWE. We're talking about Impact. We're talking about you know ROH. We're talking about AEW. It is the best talent. It is the best wrestling you're going to see on television. It just is. Um, TakeOver taught us that. The Weekly Show has taught us that. And now, it
1: has been. It has been for years.
0: Sure, absolutely. Um, so it's nice they get more of a spotlight. They get more eyes on it. Um, so I'm, I'm happy for the NXT brand. Speaking
1: of NXT, Perry, um, I got a. am t- kind of, uh, I think it was when I was still sick. I got a text message uh, while I was asleep. I was kind of drowsy. And I woke up like, Really, I mean, I get up very I usually get up at 4:35 a.m. in the morning, which anyway, is why I knew, but I, which I, is why this, I texted you because I knew you'd be awake. <laughs> but I think, like, on this morning, I was up even earlier because I think it was probably around 3:30 a.m. Uh, Eastern time when I woke up and saw a text from you that said, like, call me, I have to tell you this story. Um, and as it turns out, it has everything to do with NXT. So, would you please share the story with our hashtag, dear listener? Sure. Uh,
0: this is this is something cool that happened last week. Uh, I guess midweek last week, maybe Wednesday or so. Uh, so, I, I went to my uh, one of my favorite one of my favorite diners here in the uh, the greater Burbank area of uh, <laughs> California, uh, somewhere I typically go. And uh, it was late night. I'm a guy who likes to go out late night and drink uh, five or six cups of coffee. Uh, No, I don't have problems going to sleep. Uh, But if I don't drink the coffee, I get really, really sleepy at about uh, 9 or 10, uh, just so you know. Um, So I go there by myself. Typically, I go with my roommate, who was not feeling up to it this time. So I go in. The place is typically empty. Um, It's one of the few places that's actually 24 hours in that area. Um, but I go in there, and I sit down in my booth, and about two booths in front of me is a, what I think is a couple. It's a man and a woman, and they're they're facing in my direction. I noticed when I walked in, they had a laptop. They have like, a script open, and that's kind of typical of Burbank. Don't, you don't really think twice about that kind of stuff. People you know, write movies here all the time, TV shows, whatever. It's not a big deal. But I sit down, and I look up at the guy. Are
1: they, are they like, hey, here's my spec script? No, basically, yeah, yeah. The Three's Company reboot. It's my pilot for Four's Company. (laughs) Yes. Uh, That's exactly what it
0: was. That's the end of my story. Way to ruin it, That that person was later charged with lewd and lascivious conduct. (laughs) But his spec script was picked up. Uh, It will be made. The pilot will be picked up. Anyway, um, so I noticed the guy, and I'm like, oh, that guy looks kind of familiar, but I can't quite place it. So, I'm sitting there and I order my food and I know the server and we're talking for a bit, and she leaves and I hear the guy talk some more. I notice he has an accent. And I'm like, okay, now the guy definitely sounds a little familiar, but I can't quite place it. Then all of a sudden I hear because because he's like like you can tell like him and the woman are like kind of studying like what I think are lines, and which kind of are lines because all of a sudden I hear him go, Blah 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 blah. blah uh, the street Profits, uh, Bobby Fish, and uh, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about NXT. Oh my god! And I grab my phone and type in on Google search Nigel McGuinness to, to refresh my memory of what he looks like, because typically you only hear his voice on uh, NXT programming. Uh, but yeah, it was Nigel McGuinness, one half of the commentary team for NXT. And you never do this, by the way. If you see someone famous out in public, and you know the the restaurant's bit ba- is pretty much empty, but I still just went ahead and said, "Oh my God, are you Nigel McGuinness?" <laughs> <laughs> and he looked up at me and smirked, and the woman he was with, uh, kind of like put her put her you know her her eyes down, like here we go. But Nigel was like, um, he was like, nah, mate, it's, uh, it's not me. I'm not Nigel. I'm someone else. And I was like, okay. Well, if you aren't, sorry to bother you, but if you are, hey, man, you keep up the good work. And he laughed. And he was like, yeah, it's me. You know, I'm in town studying for the big show next week and. He was just basically just like running info about every performer on the show. Like, you know, uh, tell me about the street profits. Well, it's you know Montez Paul, and it's uh, Angelo Dawkins. They won the title belts. Blah 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 blah. You know, have Dakota Kai. Blah blah blah. So I talked to him for a second and I was just like, Oh, so you're doing the you're doing commentary? You and Maro? And he's like, Yeah, it's me and Maro and Beth Beth Phoenix. And I was like, Oh man, Beth Phoenix. Like, and I, I said something I also should not have said, and I, I do this way too often when I meet famous people. <laughs> it said like. Oh, great, Beth Phoenix works really well with you guys. She didn't work well at all when she was with Renee because they're both Canadian women and they sound identical. But with you guys, it's perfect. And he laughed at that and he was like, Yeah, I think so, Yeah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, sorry to interrupt you guys, but you know, I had, to, I had to, to say something because you're talking about Street Profits and you're talking about the Undisputed Era. It was going to kill me if I didn't say something. He was like, oh, that's fine. So I go to IE... And they're, they're still studying. I can hear, you know, he's like, he's saying like, oh, so-and-so did something. He's like stumped on something. And I know the answer, but I'm not saying anything. Um, <laughs> you know, but eventually he's like, uh, hey, mate, hey, what's your name? And I'm like, oh, I'm Perry. And he was like, oh, Perry. Uh, we have this guy named Cameron Grimes, right? And uh, he was trained by the Hardys. He's been wrestling since he was like two. I want to say... I want to say like, but he didn't learn how to do something until the age of three. Like, like a, like what's a really complicated wrestling move? Like, uh, and I was like, uh, I don't know, like a, like a shooting star press or a, like a corkscrew plancha. And he's like, oh, that could, that could work. So he wanted to have like a line. I have, I don't recall if he actually used the line or not. But I was trying to help him figure out what's a complicated wrestling move to use for this joke. But. Because the, the girl he was with is like, what you have is fine. He was like, no, 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 we'll, we'll get it. And like him and I were like trying to break like the best joke or whatever. <laughs> uh, I thought that was really funny. But he he left and I was like, you yeah, know, congratulations on the uh, the USA thing. Best of luck to you. And he was like, oh, I appreciate that, mate. And you know, so that was really cool. It was just a really cool one in the morning <laughs> thing that happened. Uh, out
1: of
0: that's nowhere, so weird. Yeah, so weird. So I had to. I knew you'd appreciate it, and I knew you'd be awake. So I went ahead and hit you up because you know, one o'clock my time is four o'clock your time. So, anywho, cool little run with Nigel McGinnis, uh, nice as can be. um And and what that's about it.
1: height? What about
0: how tall is he? I didn't stand next to him, but he seemed
1: five ten, five eleven ish, maybe. Oh, no! That is disappointingly short. I thought he was like a six two six three kind of guy. He might be
0: i i again, I didn't stand next to him, but I can basically just say, I basically have two heights, shorter than me or taller than me, and he was shorter than me, so who knows
1: who knows how tall he actually was <laughs> Well, you know it's so weird, like because he's so lean that like yeah, well, first of all, he'd have to be extremely tall to to look you in the eye or be taller than you but like at 6'2 or 6'3 he's so lean he would look like even if he were six foot he'd look 6'2 or 6'3 because of how thin he is um but you know who like I always forget is like a solid 6'2 or 6'2 and a half Chinsuke Nakamura is Ric Flair oh yeah yeah like, yeah because You know, you, you forget that now that so many wrestlers, so many heavyweight wrestlers are like 5'9 to 5'11 and they weigh like 205 pounds. And like Ric Flair, I mean, when he got his start, he was like 6'2 half 325 pounds. And like, you know, he wrestled, you know, in the mid 200s for his entire life. You forget that Ric Flair, uh, next to average-sized people, is actually big. You know, because Ric Flair in my mind is small, but it's only because he was wrestling Sid Vicious and Vader and Hulk Hogan, and it's like, oh, uh, yeah, well, those are giants. Well, yeah. So that th- that's you know, that's a point I've always made on the
0: show, which is you forget how re- how big wrestlers are because they're around other giant wrestlers. When you put them next to normal people, you realize how big they are. Like Terry Runnels once interviewed Kane backstage, and she was the size of his like forearm. Like (laughs) I'm not even exaggerating. Like it was just like, oh my god, he could he could annihilate Terry Runnels if he wanted to.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, and then as far as Ric Flair in general, like when I'm when I think, and I hate this that when I think of Ric Flair now, I think of his last you know, long stint in the hospital. And then I think of him looking kind of rough, like, uh, at all the special Raw's, like, uh, over the, like, this his own 70th birthday party and, like, uh, Raw 25 and all that kind of stuff. And him standing, Ric Flair standing next to Batista and Randy Orton and Triple H. Flair looks particularly small. Sure, But then... Uh the other day I was trying to kill a little bit of time like in between coming home from teaching and like going and doing something and I was just flipping around on YouTube on my on my smart TV and there was an ad for this summer concert tour or fall concert tour I don't know and it's Weezer Green Day and Fall Out Boy and it and like so the the YouTube video was Rivers Cuomo and uh, Billy Joe and Fallout Boy, whoever, uh, whoever that is. Uh, three of them are standing there and they're like, and like Fallout Boy, and sorry to our Fallout Boy listeners, um, who are, here you go. They're screaming at their speakers. His name is blah, 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 blah. His name is Jorb McGillicuddy. Jorb McGillicuddy. Yes. So George McGillicuddy is telling Rivers <laughs> and Billy Joe, like, hey, I found a good spokesperson for our concert tour. And Ric Flair walks on screen. And, like, all you have to do is, like, look at his neck. Like, look at his throat and look at his hair. And you're like, yeah, that's Ric Flair today. He's looking kind of rough. But he's a gi- he is a giant compared to these puny, like, emo boys. And it's like... It's really hilarious and it and it messes with your head because it's like if Ric Flair were on Raw he'd be the smallest guy but in the real world he's the biggest guy. Well, Rivers Cuomo though is like five four like he's a he him's just a little guy uh,
0: so yeah he's not the best representation of an average human because he himself is a tiny tiny man but. Uh, but I, I definitely see what you're saying, though. Um, and I guess on the subject of Ric Flair, we should mention that Ric Flair and WWE having some legal troubles because Ric Flair is trying Thank to you. Ric Flair is trying to trademark the uh, the expression "the man," uh, which of course doesn't sit well with WWE because they currently have Becky Lynch who is quote the man. Uh, so they're thinking like he wants to get some sort of leverage there where he gets money. Every time it's said or something, but to be fair, Ric Flair has had a longer career, and he said, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. So it makes sense that he would have ownership of this. Um, so I- I'm not sure what's going on there because Ric Flair is still like making appearances with Charlotte and still doing things with WWE even now. That that's always been an interesting thing with wrestlers, where it's like one day you're suing WWE and the next day you're you're getting honored by them. That that's just totally. That's just totally all the wrestling world. That again, that makes wrestling so interesting. Is all the legal bullshit that's gone on over the years in itself is so interesting. But uh, so yes, very excited for NXT being on USA. Uh, AEW is almost at the point where they're going to be a weekly TV show. Uh, October second is their debut episode. Um, not terribly excited about it to be honest with you. If uh, I'm not liking the direction they're going because we did miss AEW's All Out where they did have an inaugural heavyweight champion and that is Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho beat Hangman Page for the AEW Championship belt and the thing about that is that was the wrong move. I understand If you have Chris Jericho there, you're paying Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho money. You want to put the belt on the... Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. You know what? I'm I'm going to take that back. Let's see. You have, in this company that you're trying to build up, you have an established, former World Wrestling Federation champion, multi-champion. You're going to pay him millions and millions of dollars because you want him on your show. Doesn't it make a lot of sense to go ahead and put the title belt on him? Well, I just described Hulk Hogan coming to WCW, where he became WCW heavyweight champion in his very first match at the age of 41, and people said he was too old, and he was taking the spotlight away from younger wrestlers. Chris Jericho, by the way, is your first AEW champion at the tender age of 48.
1: Yes, and we discussed this briefly off the air, and that not only means that Hulk Hogan was considerably younger at a time when people, lots of people, people like Chris Jericho (laughs) said that he was too old, that if you fast forward all the way to the end of WCW, Then and only then would Hogan have been as old as Jericho is now. So so Jericho, who would criticize Hogan and others like Hogan for being too old and for refusing to step away and stealing the spotlight and the opportunity and the chances and the glory and the fame and the money from younger, maybe more deserving, hungry, non-established guys. Uh, You look like an idiot, Chris Jericho, because you don't have to be a couple of guys with a wrestling podcast to see the hypocrisy here. I think most people are probably looking at you going, really? Really, dude? (laughs) Chris Jericho is the inaugural AEW champion? Like, that is so cheap, so lame, and it is stealing exactly the thing that you used to complain about, Jericho. You are stealing from the young guys. You are robbing them blind. Yeah, we've we've said this all along. Um, I think we
0: might be the only wrestling podcast that calls it down the middle, but also... Uh, that has basically kind of seen AEW for what it is in the beginning here. And, and things could change, and hopefully things do change, but it's like, AEW, it's like WCW, you're not making the same sticks you used to, you're making all new ones, uh, as, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as Jeff Goldman would say in uh, Dress Park, Lost World. Anywho, um, so... Yeah, and and that basically is just like the cherry on top. It's like, well, there's one thing they haven't done yet, which would definitely make them WCW. Oh, they did it. They made a nearly fifty year old wrestler their champion over Hangman Page, which has worked his fucking ass off over the last few years and really deserving of this championship belt. And they went oh, just put on Chris Jericho. That Judas elbow is yeah. just so cool.
1: <laughs> it's a it's a terrible move and. You know they're going to debut on on cable two days before SmackDown shows up on Fox, Uh, and they are calling the show Dynamite, and uh, I I just don't think it's going to be Dynamite. I don't think it's going to be Dynamite. (laughs) It'll be a firecracker. You know, of all the things that we did not cover uh, in our in our brief hiatus, of all the things that I would have thought. Would be okay to miss, I would have never guessed that all out would be it, but now I'm glad like I'm just not i, I and you said it, and, and that we didn't talk about that off the air. We have not had that conversation, so when you just said that to me, uh that was the first time I had heard it from you, and yet I echo you, which is you echo the dolphin meme. we have to we have to call it right down the middle. And we have to say, in all fairness, we're probably the only ones who are poo-pooing AEW at this juncture. That doesn't mean that we have made our final judgment. I hope it comes back and, and just kicks ass and then I can't miss it every Wednesday. Um, but I don't think it's going to.
0: I'm I'm looking forward to a weekly show. Um, because I, I do want to see what happens, where it goes. I'm I'm waiting for stories to actually develop. Instead of, I don't like you very much, we're going to wrestle. Um, because basically, they're, re- they're, <laughs> they're rehashing established stories from other companies at this point. So there's nothing new. You know what I mean? Like, Jericho no. comes in and fights you yeah. know, Omega, and it's like, okay, this is a continuation of what was happening in New Japan. And, you know, the the disorganization of AEW shows you why or what makes New Japan so successful, or makes WWE so successful, or NXT so successful, because when it comes to talent in the in the indies at this point, AEW is kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, and I don't I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just there are people who are going to be on television every week who are not TV ready yet. There's a oh, reason. For
1: sure. and
0: yeah, that's what I mean. There's a reason. That there's people wrestling these house shows in Florida at NXT and have not yet been seen on camera on an NXT, you know, in an NXT ring because they're not ready for it yet. Um, you know, say what you want about the performance center. It gets people ready. You know what I mean? The process that NXT has going for it works. And for most people, Aaliyah, um, (laughs) it it works for 80% of the roster because it's kind of tried and true. AEW needs to figure something out as
1: far as grooming their talent for television. Uh, I could not agree more, and maybe just the fact that it will be on television and they'll be forced to write two hours of television every week. They'll have to figure something out. Uh, Even if they don't greatly expand the roster, or even if they don't spend more time focusing on the young people, they're not going to have two hours worth of wrestling every week, no no matter how much they want to try and convince us that that's exactly what they're going to do, they're going to have to come up with a lot of stories, a lot of vignettes, a lot of backstage action, and uh, and who knows? It might be the, like the, the neo-formalist poet who needs the structure, who needs the stanza, who needs the soliloquy or the... Sonnet. Who needs the sonnet form or the haiku? Maybe when they're forced to do that, the AEW writers they will. Sure. One can only one can only hope. Yeah, but now it's
0: like okay, you can't just do fun things with your your top ten guys. You know those thirty people you put in some quirky named battle royal every pay per view. Now you have to they have to fight singles matches, and they have there has to be a reason why they don't like each other now, and you know there's all that stuff. So. Good luck figuring that out, AEW. Again, and and to be fair, they have to. We've yet to see a weekly show from them. It might be dynamite. It might very well be what the show is called. And I hope I hope they succeed. Obviously, I want all wrestling companies to ultimately succeed because you know wrestling companies need to figure out this isn't Highlander. You know there can be more than one, uh, and everyone just watches everything. Especially now, you can record everything. There's so many ways to record every show and watch it, and binge it, whatever, but, anyway, all the best to AEW, I'm not liking where this is going, though, with Jericho being champion, uh, it seems absurd, almost as absurd as Chris Jericho taking that AEW championship belt with him, uh, in a little limousine ride to a Longhorn Steakhouse, uh, and leaving the belt in the limousine, and it being stolen, uh, from the limousine, uh, but the AEW champ, that happened, uh the AEW championship was recovered by I think Tallahassee police. Um I'm not I don't remember the story's details very well anymore, but I do know the belt was stolen when Jericho went to a uh went to a Longhorn steakhouse, which I get it. I get it, man. Um but uh it was it was recovered. So the belt's back. I think they're trying to play it off. They're trying to Montreal screw job this one. They're trying to play it off as something that did happen, but oh no, it it didn't happen. It, or oh, it happened, quotations. Um, but it's like, nah, that actually probably just did happen. Um, so, anyway, best of luck to AEW. So much uh, so much talent there. I really hope they find a way to showcase the talent properly. Speaking of the indies, Darren, we missed a lot of shows. We missed a lot of hubbub. We missed a lot of brouhaha. But worst of all, we missed a Fresh wrestling show.
1: Ah! Now, I have to tell you... Uh, uh, you know, no offense, but you've missed several, uh, since your return to Los Angeles. But for me being only an hour and a half away, there's no excuse. And even though I was sick as a dog, you know how dogs get sick, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I still almost went to this show, Aww. even though I could barely Stand up So that should tell you Just how Incredibly sick I was That I was, oh I was so excited I wanted to see the show Uh, We haven't missed a show In almost three years And I just really Really wanted to be there, but I didn't I did not make it there I was so sick I spent uh, that night and the next day and night, uh, on my couch, with a washcloth on my forehead and some uh, chicken broth in my belly, desperately trying to get well enough to go back to, to school, to sure, teach. Sure. Um, but yeah, so Fest, it came, and, and it went, and we weren't there, and that feels weird, it feels wrong somehow. Like WWE, they'll come within an hour or two of me, and I'll be like, eh, whatever. They'll be uh, back again, right. And, and Fest, we know Fest will be back again, and we know it's always only an hour and a half away from me, and yet it felt very weird. It's like, hey, guys, I'm not coming. You should cancel your show.
0: <laughs> yes, that, and, that makes guess perfect what? sense. I,
1: they didn't cancel a show.
0: No, they still had it. Uh, this is the first fest show since Pickle in the Tree, the first Pickle in the Tree that we attended. Uh, either you or I or you and I have attended all fest wrestling shows ever since. Of course, that was at Curie on the Drag, the home of fest wrestling. The uh, home of fest wrestling. You
1: hashtag, your listeners, remember that old joke. Um, you so, know, when I have enough money, I'm going to say, hey, Tony. Um, I'm not trying to steal any of your thunder and you can have the show back th- the very next time, but this, uh, this, this time we're going to do a show at Curia on the drag, uh, <laughs> with or without you. Sorry. Uh,
0: <laughs> so yeah, so they it, had their. Uh, he'd probably
1: say he'd probably say without me,
0: but right. He probably do it without you. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a business minded man. He knows what he's doing. Uh, fest wrestling third year anniversary show. Very sorry to miss that. It looked cool. A lot of great talent as fest wrestling uh, typically has at their shows. And uh, anytime, any time any any time between fest wrestling shows is is always way too long. This one actually didn't seem like it was that long from their last show though.
1: And it wasn't. It was only like six weeks.
0: Yeah, which is crazy. which was
1: another reason why I hated not to go because like the other one, the last one still seemed kind of alive and fresh in my memory. And then I was like, oh, and already going back? Hell yes! It is a fest kind of summer, and uh, I'm gonna. Who's gonna catch a damn cold in the summer? This guy. That's who. The summer colds, man. They'll they'll get you.
0: Boo. Uh, hey. <laughs> so again fest wrestling show third year anniversary show we were not there uh we were however uh we we, we were we were <laughs> a, a few people reached out to us about an incident that took place at the fest wrestling show uh and we, we do want to talk about it briefly because i i did mention to some of these people um some of these hashtag dear your listeners that we would at least talk about this um on our episode whenever whenever that episode happened and here it is it's happening i told you um so yeah so at the very end of the fest wrestling show jason Cade made his comeback to fest wrestling he'd been gone for a very long time it seemed like he legit was not going to come back to fest wrestling after he injured his leg and lost his title to saib al-sabab uh many many shows ago it seems like forever ago uh, came out with Serpentico at what everyone, I'm sure, thought was the end of the show and challenged the Gymnasty Boys for the Fest Wrestling Tag Team belts. The uh, Gymnasty Boys did defeat Grit, by the way. Uh, they made good on their promise to come back and get the gold from Grit, and they did that. So there was an impromptu Tag Team Championship match at the end of the show, which, I, from the Instagram story, looked awesome. And, man, I was like, God damn, I really wish I was there watching this happen right now. That's awesome. Um, So, the match took place, and it seems like the Gymnasties were able to retain the Fest Wrestling Tag Team belts. Good for them. Love the Gymnasty boys. But, afterward, Cade and Serpentico were not too happy with Fest Wrestling in general. Uh, promoter Tony Weinbender as well, uh, because they they were mistreated uh, by the company, and uh, a lot of bad business decisions. Tony Weinbender, of course. Tony Weinbender comes into the ring with security to remove Jason Cade and Serpentico. Uh, apparently one of the security guards had a taser. Uh that was on, apparently. And uh did make light contact with Jason Cade a
1: couple of times. You know what, uh you know what light contact with a taser is? It's contact with a taser. Yeah,
0: yeah, precisely, precisely. Um and this is um this this is a fine line here, folks, because we always present wrestling as jokingly of course lovingly and jokingly hashtag fake bullshit but when it comes to fest wrestling we always present it professionally as if it's it's really happening so all that I've said so far minus the taser striking Jason Cade is you know fest wrestling business as usual you know storyline whatever happening Um, but what happened what followed this or during this incident uh, is, is where it gets real
1: real real um, Tony so You know what that means, right? It's time to stop being polite and, and start, start getting, getting real—the real. real world. Um,
0: where, where the True Miz,
1: story.
0: where the Miz came from. Uh, anywho, so uh, Tony Weinbender comes in the ring. Tony Winebender, uh, a little, a little tipsy. Again, we don't know the states of Tony Winebender. We weren't there. We can't say for sure. Um, if he was intoxicated or if he maybe didn't realize how far he was taking, um, his character or his role at this particular moment, but put his hands on Cade and Serpentico in a way that they felt uncomfortable, uh, I I assume shoving, um, and... Of course, again, the security guard making light contact with that taser on Cade. Potentially, uh, not intentionally, not on purpose, but it did happen. Uh, So there was some unprofessionalism there. And Jason Cade and Serpentico legitimately seem like they will not be returning to Fest Wrestling uh, because of the way this whole thing went down. Again, we weren't there, so we can't say what happened for sure. But I, I the night of, I was at, I was at my favorite diner, the one that I saw Nigel McGuinness at.
1: I was about to say, were you there with Nigel McGuinness? No, no, no,
0: uh, same one. I saw where Jason Cade, because I was looking, trying to find all the Fest Wrestling news I could to see what happened at the show, uh, and I saw where Jason Cade posted he's not returning to Fest Wrestling, which is typical of Jason Cade. So I just kind of put up the the face palm emoji, like here we go again. After I was just excited about seeing him back in Fest Wrestling. But I got a direct message from Jason Cade. And he was like legitimately upset. He told me what happened. Um, and I was just like, uh, what? So I hit, up, uh, I hit up some other people. Uh, some other Fest Wrestling folk. I, I won't name anyone. Uh, and just said like, hey, did this happen? And they were like, y- yes. <laughs> so it was a legitimate incident that went down. Um, hopefully... It was a huge misunderstanding, or it's something that can get resolved very quickly. I hate the fact, I would really hate to not see Jason Cater's or go back in Fest Wrestling, because they are they play such big parts in that company, in that organization. And then that's it. I mean, Tony Weinbender goes to great lengths to bring Fest Wrestling to the people. Um, typically, you know, breaking even financially. He doesn't make a lot of money from it. He does it because he loves it. He, he, he's all about making an environment where wrestlers feel safe. They know they're going to get paid, you know, hopefully no one's going to get hurt. There's no racism, you know, there's no sexism. He stresses that and it's not just like a, you know, an HR bullshit move. He legitimately means that. That's always been his mission statement. And, you know, and, and on that, a, a, apparently Jason Cade mentioned that a, one of the fans quotations in the audience, uh, hurled a racial slur at Jason Cade. Um, which by the way, has nothing to do with Tony Weinbender, but that happened and that's horrible. And I'm sure if Tony had heard that, he would have had that fan ejected immediately. And I'm sure if other fans heard that, they also would have been okay with getting that guy the fuck out of, out of the place. Cause that, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't need to be anywhere. Shit like that.
1: Yeah. And I can definitely say, uh, friend, uh, we happen to be friends with Tony Weinbender, but even if we weren't, what we've learned from a distance, even viewing the guy sure. and listening to him, uh, you know, give those pre-show talks, even that's enough to know that he would never allow that to just happen. Sure. So that part has nothing to do with him. And I, I, I know you've already said it a couple times, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to add to it just to stress the fact that these are uh, this part about fest here because we weren't there is purely hearsay. Sure. It is it is not free from bias. It is not objective. These are this is information that we were sent by involved parties who were concerned about their careers, about fest wrestling, and about you know and, and by virtue of them being concerned about that they they understood and they came to us because they understand how much we are impacted by that and care about that. Absolutely, Jason K gave me a full report, and it would have been like
0: four in the morning his time, the night of Fest Wrestling, uh, about you know what went down. And we're talking about Jason Kade and Serpentico and Tony Weinbender, and these are all people who have been on our show, who have all given us their time, and you know we can't ever say thank you enough to them for that. And so I I don't want to point fingers and I, I I don't want to shame anyone, but I'm basically reporting this as a wrestling news story that we happen to have firsthand knowledge about, you know, again, we weren't there to say exactly what happened, but you know, we're getting reports and and it seems like this is what happened. So again, I just want things to get resolved. Um, and I, I want to see the air get cleared up between all these guys again, I, I I love Fest Wrestling. I mean, everyone who listens to the show, we, we always talk about Fest Wrestling. This is the first time we didn't have a preview show going into Fest Wrestling Weekend and a review show after Fest Wrestling Weekend. Um, and that kills us alone. But hearing about this incident taking place just hurts our hearts. And uh, like I said, I hope it was a misunderstanding. We hope things can get better. And uh, we hope to see Serpentico and Jason Cade back in the ring uh, if Tony's got any kind of issues or problems, we hope that he can get them resolved. And uh, that we can only hope for the best, because we love Fest Wrestling, we love Tony Weinbender, we love Jason Cade, we love Serpentico, and and that is that. We don't love that fucking asshole uh, saying shit to Jason Cade, and we hope that guy never comes back to 8 Seconds, uh, or Florida, or Earth. Uh, we hope he is ejected into the stratosphere.
1: Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, I just... Uh, I hope that all the mess just is gone when the dust settles. Absolutely. I don't want anybody hurt. I don't want any feelings hurt. I don't want money lost. I don't want fans disappointed. I don't want company directions compromised. Uh, You know what I mean? It's just, Fast is such a beautiful, wonderful thing. This was devastating news to hear. Whoever is to blame. If everyone is, if no one is, if a certain one is sure I don't care it just sucks to hear about um, because I'd much rather have just heard how awesome the Effie versus Simon Grimm match was sure or how cool it was to see the gymnasty boys return or you know all that stuff all that stuff that makes fest worth giving up everything except for a terrible summer cold uh, for to, <laughs> to, to go to go see. And if I knew that that were, uh, you know, compromised in some way uh, and might be affected thusly going forward, you know, that is just I don't I mean, I really fingers both both sets of fingers crossed that that's nowhere near what's really happening. Absolutely. It's uh, it, it puts a dark
0: cloud over the show. It's It kind of reminds me of the Rich Swan Sue Young incident that took place at slash after our best wrestling show. So it's kind of like that. It's like uh, you <laughs> people are pretty dismissive of indie shows, but you forget that like these are fucking wrestlers. These are the fucking future of wrestling. Um, yeah. And uh, you might not care about them now, but you probably will give a shit when they're on your television and you're rooting for them and you didn't realize they were at this local show that you could have paid, you know, 10 bucks for and went and saw them in like, you know, the early days or whatever. Their loss. Absolutely. So, you know, I guess the message there is, is support your local indie shows. Um, but again, as far as this fest wrestling show went, we weren't there. Uh, but we really hope whatever happened uh, gets sorted out and, uh, and you know, in due time. So, that's all we can say about that fest wrestling. We were sorry to uh, to have missed you. Happy third year anniversary, though. Speaking <laughs> of three year anniversaries, Darren, it's ours.
1: Oh my God!
0: I know, right? Uh, our very first episode, our introduction episode, which I would sh- I-, I would not want to go back and listen to now. Um, <laughs> Was uh, It debuted on the 22nd of September, 2016. The Distant Pass. Back when everything was black and white, Darren. uh, There was no color back then. You're right. Yeah, remember that? The iPhone 6 was new.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Is that that before they skipped 7, 8, and 9 and and just created the iPhone 10? Well, yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah, sure. I still have a 6. My phone is, is... dies within 20 minutes it's like hey hundred oh, percent um so happy third happy three year anniversary darren we typically only mention the milestones mm-hmm. <laughs> we only mention the 50 100 episode you know we're, we're slowly creeping to 150 maybe we'll talk about that milestone but yeah year wise we, we we are right now at our third year anniversary so uh we made it back in time to say
1: hey happy anniversary us so way to go darren well, you know what it makes me think of. It makes me think of when uh, Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble and some of the water buffaloes all gather around to play "Happy Anniversary" to Wilma. Uh, Wilma, what's her last name again? Oh God damn it! Apparently, it's Slag Hoople. Yes. Yes. Wilma Slaghoople Flintstone was regaled with happy anniversary, happy anniversary happy anniversary happy anniversary happy anniversary happy 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 anniversary <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way i feel i don't think we introed what number it was at the beginning of this episode did we uh, uh well it is episode 136 uh, or 136 well, 136 yeah if we didn't if we didn't mention it at the beginning Here we are. It's episode 136. Uh, Some folks call it a Kaiser Blade. I call it episode 13.6. And and I'm here to tell you that um, while 136 is not a very round number uh, or the magic number, uh, because three is the magic number. Feeling very musical tonight. Um, But I will say. Uh, the thirteen six might not sound that special, but three years, right back at you. Three is the magic number. Look at me, I am three.
0: <laughs> well, yes. Uh, happy third year anniversary to you, Darren. And uh, in lieu of uh the Flintstones happy anniversary uh, deal, I I it reminded me of when there's an episode of Flintstone. <laughs> there's an episode of Flintstones where. There, There's like a maybe it's a it's either a robot or it's an alien like invasion of the body snatchers type episode where there's a clone of Fred Flintstone. So but oh God. And, and but of course it has to screw up the yabba dabba do and it says yabba dabba do. And that's all it can say is yabba dabba do. Um, yeah, that makes me laugh. It reminds me of a joke I have with my friend Brian where there's a there's a perfect android of Ric Flair. But the only thing wrong with it is instead of it saying woo, it says wow.
1: <laughs> wow! Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's it, brilliant. You see, the, the joke there
0: is they get the easiest part wrong. Everything else is perfect except for the easy thing. Uh, comedy. Anywho, happy... Comedy. Uh, uh, comedy.
1: Comedy. Comedy.
0: Don't you understand, folks? Here you go you're going places, kid. Our show is a lesson in comedy and also sometimes wrestling. So welcome back, folks. I hope you will uh, keep coming in. Keep checking in with us every week. We'll be back next week. We promise. Oh, God. Now we definitely
1: have to be back next week, Darren. Well, we will be because this was so much fun. This made my week to be able to, uh, you know, it's like riding a bike. You, You don't forget. Um, or at least you don't forget in like four or five weeks. Well, that reminds me of the last time I rode a bike, and I realized it had been years since I rode a
0: bike, and I legit forgot how to ride a bike. And I immediately thought, "You're supposed to remember this no matter what." Um, so fuck that True. saying. True. <laughs> fuck that saying. Uh, but that's kind of a quick roundup of all that's going on in the wrestling world, folks. Uh, just kind of a roundup, a uh, quick summary episode here. We're checking back in with you guys. Remind you that we are still around. Still called it right down the middle. And the only wrestling podcast calls it right down the middle. The whole ref and show. And uh, will you be back next week? Are you happy that we are back? Are you happy that this is our third year? Let us know. There are a lot of ways to let us know. Find us on Twitter at Show Podcast. That's R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook. Like and share. We would appreciate that. You can send us a Gmail if you want to. The whole Refin Show at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com.
1: Or. Or. Always we're on Instagram. Instagram. I have to admit. Has taken a hiatus. Right alongside the podcast itself, but it will be back with a vengeance. It will be back in black. It will be back like a vertebrae, uh, and perhaps better than ever. So find us on Instagram at the Whole Ref and Show as always. Wonderful, Darren. I'm glad
0: that you're back here with me, and we're talking about we're talking about like <laughs> robots that have perfect balance at the beginning there, but it, it became about wrestling. It became about wrestling eventually.
1: Well, that's, uh, that's why we do this show, right? Because we, we, we're blabbermouths. We have a lot to say, and we talk about a lot of things. But just like our real lives, it always comes back to wrestling. Wonderful, wonderful. Welcome back,
0: Darren. Glad to see you here. On the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole ref and Show. By the way, my name is Perry Smith.
1: And I am the incredible badass... That is Darren Beasley, and God, it's good to say that again.
0: Aw, and I'm going to see you here next week, Darren, for another episode. Folks, we hope you'll join us for another wonderful, exciting, to-the-point episode of the only wrestling podcast called Right Down the Middle, the whole and show. So long, folks. Buh-bye.
1: Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Pour a cheerful toast and fill it, happy anniversary. But be careful, you don't fill it, happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Yaba dabba. dabba.